Sorry, can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. Fala, Moghulis, and welcome to Spoiler Nation, the podcast where we have spoiler-filled discussions on your favorite and some of your not-so-favorite movies and TV shows. This episode, we will be talking about the series finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, we'll we will be talking about the final two episodes of the series. Full stop. Uh, now our watch has ended, but has it ended for good? Because it's so bad, and we never want to revisit my the whole watch show again. Probably ended uh, in season seven. Uh, well, I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but I've got some. I've got some big thoughts, as I'm sure everyone does. Do you know that fan petition to have the season remade? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that has like a billion signatures. Hilarious. Um, which uh, I think the petition is like ridiculous idea, but it is like a good indicator that a lot of people are. Like, we're unhappy with how this season went. Yeah. And um, for pr- pretty good reason. And I have mixed thoughts about it, but I guess we should start with um the episode we just missed, right? The Bells. Uh, well, I guess before we start, just some mm. quick housekeeping. Um, you know, our apologies for not uh, doing a debrief on um, uh, the second to last episode, the penultimate episode, The Bells. Yeah. Uh, we were in Melbourne. Yeah, we were we were actually watching the episode, and uh, as well, in I was watching sh- it. Yeah. In some shitty computer screen uh, yeah. at someone's Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, wow, this would be like good podcast spot, but too bad we're on vacation. We want to do other stuff. Yeah, we were watching Harry. Well, we went to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, yeah, the might, play. Yeah, might talk about that. Which in we, a different we, episode. Yeah, we may do an episode on that. Yeah, so stay tuned that. for that. Yeah, but let's. You know, let's uh, get out of the gate and let's start with the bells. Uh, the- y- yeah, yeah, a pretty major episode, not in just this final season, but of the entire series. Yeah, Would as that you- be fair to say, of yeah. course. Yeah. And as you know, and as we all know, the penultimate episode is always where the action happens every season. You know, like the yeah. big set piece, the big deaths. You know, the. The shockers happen um, most of the time in the penultimate episode. And this, you know, follows that tradition. Yeah. And um, I will say for this episode now, having seen all of season eight, that in my opinion, it's uh, the best directed and acted episode. But it has uh, some of the most egregious plot developments (laughs) of the entire show. Well, yes. Which is pretty unfortunate because it's really like... A culmination of Daenerys's arc. This has been kind of a theme with the show, where everything else is firing on all cylinders. Like amazing. great acting, great yeah. perform, great cinematography, great yeah. score. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've been listening to the score lately, man. And, it's so good. You know, it's yeah. all been kind of uh, uh, hindered by uh, lazy ass storytelling. <laughs> you know, and bad writing, essentially. Just like a cocktail napkin of like good ideas that are so barely connected that it's hard to really get emotionally invested. Yeah. And um, I guess what I really want to talk about with this episode, and it's like the most controversial scene in the whole episode, it's the most talked about scene probably of the show right now. It's when she hears the bells of yes. surrender yeah. at King's Landing. She's handily this won... This is Daenerys, of course. Daenerys, she's handily killed the Golden Company in like one fell swoop. R.I.P. Yeah, killed all the scorpions. Like they have... They're on their knees basically. And she hears the bells and the way that it's filmed and set up and everything, it looks like the bells of surrender drives her mad. Yes. Which is odd. It's a very odd note. 
it's for that turn. Yeah, like for like, why is it the surrender that drives her over the edge? Yes, I I'm still trying to work it out. Like it, it, it's, it, it's baffling. Yeah, it's because baffling. it looks like at, at a at a surface level, it's almost comical because it looks like she's angry at the bells. That's to me like this was like the Martha movement of Game of Thrones. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? From yes. Batman v Superman. Yeah, like, Martha. You know the the scene where Superman almost kills Batman, but then realizes that their his... mothers have the same name. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's this. It's the same thing in this show. Like it's not obviously the same situation, but I felt the same. Where I'm like the execution and the idea is so not compatible like it's weeding me out yeah i think you know what what it feels like it feels like uh the creators uh, you know uh dnd mm. jumped out of the screen and says this is the point where daenerys goes mad goodbye let's continue they should have just done that instead and it's insane that it's this thing of them surrendering that causes her to snap and kill more people than like every other bad guy in the show is killed times 10 and it's a sustained sequence of her like firebombing all kinds of people who are fleeing in terror and to miguel sapochvik's uh credit it's it's very like harrowing to watch and everything like that. very well directed yes for the most part yeah but i think it is telling that once she snaps like wordlessly yeah the camera never goes back to her again because it's almost like well, we can't really, you know... We don't really know how she feels. We don't really know how she feels. <laughs> it's You figure it out. Yeah. You come up with some stuff. Like I think <laughs> they could almost get away with um, kind of signaling that she herself became the big bad disaster that is happening on these people, you know? So I can almost buy it that they, you know, they don't show her... Um, it's a, it was an artistic choice to not show her reaction because she is the dragon. Yeah, because right. she has become the dragon. She has become the this unstoppable force that's ascending on these people, and the focus shifts to the people on the ground. I can almost buy that if I you know if I hadn't seen the rest of the season <laughs> in, or the show <laughs> yeah. in which she's like constantly trying to save innocent people. Yeah, I yeah. mean I can't square that in my head. It it doesn't <laughs> track. Um, because okay, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Because on 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 the other hand, you know, proponents of this turn mm-hmm. uh, will say, you know, okay, her mad queenness is set up, right? Right? Uh, in the instances where she quite she pontificates how she will, you know, take what is hers with mm. fire and blood, and and I will burn your cities, right, to her enemies. Yeah, but that's a really. Threats to your enemies uh, are are quite different to um, mass murdering innocent people in a city. Yeah, because she's always been a very consistent character to me, to me in that she's quite arrogant and entitled and boastful, but she still has a gentle heart. Like, she still wants to do the right thing. Yeah, like Jorah reiterates in every scene, you yeah. know, you have a gentle heart, yeah. whatever he says. And it, it, I don't know, it's kind of sickening to think he died for this. Like, it's kind of, I don't know, heartbreaking, but not in a way that feels really earned. It yeah. just feels like you've, like, I can, it feels like the writers have betrayed her, like, rather yeah. than it being a natural fall from grace. Yeah, her narrative is, has, like, yeah, Daenerys as a character has been given, has been done a disservice, right? Big because at, at a very surface level, her going the Mad Queen route is a great idea. Yeah, it is, yeah. You know, or because this is 
it 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 kind of fits between in line with Game of Thrones' MO, which is subverting expectations in a very kind of satisfying way. Because yeah. uh, you know, why why was red the red wedding so effective? It was because it played on our expectations on a, a normal hero or vengeance type story that it was going to go a certain way. Yeah. And it kind of punishes the characters for even thinking that okay, revenge, you know, revenge yeah. is the right way to go. And then, and, and punish them, punishes them for their mistakes. Yeah. And in some ways, Daenerys is going on that trajectory. She's been amassing her power. Yeah. And she has been quite indignant in, and, and entitled to, yeah. to her, to her, you know, uh, claim to the throne and to her claim as a, as a, as a leader of Westeros. Yeah. So she's, a character that is set up for a downfall, yeah, which would make for a satisfying narrative choice, but uh, the execution that we get within a span of one episode, yeah, is baffling. It doesn't it doesn't match up at all, even within the the bell scene, I guess, because I think they still could have made this made her turn organic. Even in this episode, don't well, you, you think? You know how I think you're right with that because p- episode four, which got a lot of criticisms, and I, you know, I like that episode, and but I particularly like the dilemma that Cersei set up for Daenerys, where she invites all these innocents into the Red Keep. Yeah. So for Daenerys to take the Red Keep, she would have to inadvertently kill all these people. Yes. And I'm like, that's cool. She's holding them hostage, which is fucking evil, and what? Of course, that's what she would do. Yes. And so the cliffhanger of that is. Oh, so she's going to kill all those people in the Red Keep to get the throne now. Yeah. And that doesn't even come into play. Yeah. In episode five. And it was perfectly set up. Exactly. I don't get it. It, it goes against the show's own logic. And, but, because. Worse than that, uh, sorry to add yeah, on to you this. Go. In episode six, when John confronts her about it, she says, Cersei used their innocence as a shield against me, a statement. Which, a statement which would only make sense if she had burned the Red Keep and exactly. all the people there. Exactly. So I'm like, I feel like I was missing something because as in, I was watching it. In this episode, it becomes apparent that she doesn't need to kill innocents to get to Cersei. Like, she, she, she kills everybody but Cersei. That. She kills everyone but Cersei. <laughs> Cersei's the only one she doesn't kill. <laughs> she doesn't even need to kill people, uh, innocent people who are not. Uh, soldiers yeah. to to get to Cersei, she could just fly directly to the Red Keep, to where Cersei is, where there are no innocent people, yeah, and just burn her alive. The end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I would almost buy the scene if they didn't surrender, yeah. and when she looks up at the bells. Just give us a sh- close-up of Cersei's face. Yeah, like smugly looking yeah, at her or something. Yeah, exactly. That, that trademark I, I could almost buy it. I mean, yeah. it would still be pretty sudden and bad. Yeah. But I could almost... For- I could actually track it logically. Like, yeah. a character would do this when they see their main enemy up in the keep. Yeah. In in the behind-the-scenes um, uh, kind of interview that... Um, Benioff and uh, Vice did. Mm-hmm. Um, they said Daenerys uh, looks up at the Red Keep and looks at the castle that his, her family built, and and you know, and the castle that she lost, and and then she lost it, right? Mm. But 
What do you What do you mean? Like she looks at the castle that her family built, and she goes to destroy everything. Yeah, like it it, it doesn't track even if we're supposed to buy that she's violent. You I t- know, I tell you what, these guys talking about their show, they do it no favors. Like. I'm not going to call them fucking morons like everyone else is because they did a lot of good stuff in the earlier seasons and adapting these books isn't easy. But holy fuck, some of these explanations like Danny forgetting about the Iron Fleet and that's how she lost her dragon. Yeah, I'm like, that, just say nothing. That is So I guess for, for those of you who you know have lives and don't watch the uh, behind-the-scenes features uh, each episode there's a famous i mean it's it's a meme now it's, it's a meme, become a meme memed. now but yeah. um there's this famous line where they said you know there's of course there was that scene where um she gets ambushed and Rhaegal gets shot by an arrow that which they should have seen yeah. from a mile away but that's beside the point yeah um but you know how did she for so you know they always knew that euron's fleet was there so how did she miss this well um thankfully the writers um the creators cleared it up for us in an interview saying that she kind of forgot so she forgot that the people who had like killed her entire (laughs) armada armada she just forgot they existed but okay sure sure but um also i was going to say with this is that prior to this whole disaster with her her turn making no sense her um like paranoia and depression at dragonstone yeah very well done i mean it was good and there was fascinating great stuff varus kind of went out kind of pathetically <laughs> you know considering how smart he is and everything and Sh- shall we, should we talk about varus yeah let's quickly talk let's, about let's quickly talk about varus yeah um so you know of course varus has been really out of the game since well really since the moment he joined uh daenerys's yeah <laughs> troop he's been a background extra. yeah his, uh, and so it was He had a few promising scenes in the episode before where they are talking about how when he openly talks about how to to her hand. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't make sense. I I love I love it that people say, "Oh, look, this is Varys." You know, this is the political stuff that I love. You know, Varys getting back into the game by you know. Openly declaring treason yeah. in front of the 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 queen's right hand man, basically sure. walking into a blender. Yeah, that's so Varys, isn't yeah. that so Varys? Because you know, we we all know he doesn't <laughs> value his life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's... <laughs> He's suicidally stupid. That, yeah, <laughs> that's been established. But anyway, so he does this. There's an interesting scene. He has a conversation with a little bird, and uh, the subtext. Can I, I guess. can I just pause the yeah. little bird? Yeah, if you recognize her. Yeah. She is the little girl in the crypts with him. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so, so he must have recruited her there or something. I, yeah, I it's think so. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's cool but, you know, just Because I was wondering, like, where she came from. Yeah. So, okay, she came from there. That's cool. Now, that makes sense. But yeah. um, he's essentially trying to get the little girl to, like, poison Daenerys, I think. Yeah, because there was this... We, we didn't really get it at, yeah. at, uh, when, when it was happening because we thought that... Um, of course, Varys was just trying to get Daenerys to eat. Yeah, right? that's what you think. Um, yeah. But but um, the girl comes in, and there's a line that's you know she's you know she says okay Dan- um, she's not eating, and they're watching me. Yeah, yeah. And they're watching me, and Varys is like, yeah, of course they watch everyone that comes through here. Yeah, and uh, and then he says, uh, remember what I told you. Basically, he says, no risk, no reward. Yeah, is what he much. said. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and. And which makes sense, which implies that what she's trying to do is murder, right? Yeah. Um, 
yeah, what do you think about that? Um, that was totally in line with his character, far more than him like declaring her to be dangerous in front of every fucking body. Right. Like, it's because it's, it's the kind of underhanded thing I think he would do. I'm not sure if, yeah, what Varys do that. Yeah, totally. He, Is he that would, his style? Yeah, he would Poison? Murder. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. the weapons of women and eunuchs, uh, as we hear in season one. <laughs> right. So I totally believe he would try that. Okay. But um, I, I feel like he would be smarter about it, at least, like poison her wine or water or something. I mean, look, She's she needs drink, to drink. So just poison her water. But that's besides the point. I mean, I liked that he was trying to murder her. But um, he's sending out these letters declaring Jon Snow to be the heir. That, Is that what, what the yeah, letters are? Yeah, but it they didn't really come to anything. Yeah. So I, I guess the point is he's trying to we'll undermine her. We'll talk about her. that. So, uh, obviously, she finds out about this, and I don't even really know, like, why it's treason. Like, it's not. Like, it's the, just the truth. Like, she's not the rightful... But I guess well, it shows her descent into paranoia. It is treason. He, he's literally trying to kill her. But he, she doesn't know that at that point. Oh, okay. But, yeah. but it is treason because he's trying to take the throne away from her. Yeah. You know, like, to try and use, um, upseating the king is... Treason, good right? point. Good point. Um, guess I mean, look, I'm on Daenerys' side on this one. Burn him. <laughs> and then, yeah, indeed <laughs> I mean, she does. Burn that traitor. And you get the, <laughs> you get this uh, beautiful shot of her executing him, and the dragon rears behind her. Some uh, subtle foreshadowing of what she'll become very soon. Yeah. I guess. Um, <laughs> great, great imagery. Though. Yeah, I love that he he burned without screaming too. I think it speaks to like his inner sort of steeliness. Yeah, you know that yeah. was really cool. And he says. I do hope I'm wrong, and I hope yeah. that I deserve this. Yeah, um, I think that was a good line that for was, that was Barris a great line. to go out on because it really shows that he really is like the most altruistic of all of them. Yeah, like he really does care more about the realm than who sits where and whatnot. Yeah, even though he really clumsily did it this time so around, clumsy. and like approaching Jon Snow and being like, "Fuck her, you should be king." <laughs> I mean, wow, wow. I mean, yeah. Hey, <laughs> it's like, how about you just? Take care of her, and then you try and convince him he has to be the one instead of trying to get him to turn against her when he knows they're in love. Like, it's very sloppy. It's sloppy, but, you know, in my effort to gain enjoyment as much as I can from the little scenes we have left, mm. I like the callback um, kind of, or the parallel but, uh, of this scene between Varys warning John, you know, you know what the right thing to do here is. And I like the how that echoes Varys's um, kind of warning to uh, Ned. Ned. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so yeah, he's taken out of the picture. So goodbye, Varys. I goodbye. guess. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> I wish you had more to do in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, he's such I, a good actor. At that point, I was, you know, it was interesting. It was really interesting. I mean, it was tough to see Varys go like that. Yeah, but um, it kind of uh, signals okay. If if one were to build her descent into madness, okay, that's a cool first step. That's a first step. Like yeah. and but look, she's not mad at this point, no, right? She's just I angry. love I yeah. love that she's depressed. Yeah. And she hasn't she is so unfeeling at that moment. She's not even angry. She's just like, Well, th- I have to do this. She's bored. <laughs> like yeah. she expects she, to be betrayed now, like yeah. at every turn. Yeah, and, and yeah. I I like that. And um Amelia Clark Really plays it really well. She was fright. Honestly, she's scary. Like when she's threatening Tyrion as well. Yeah. And it's like the next time you fail me will be the last time you fail me. And um, the way they frame her when she's sitting on the f- throne, like the camera angles were very reminiscent of when Joffrey was on the throne, throne uh, in the okay. first few seasons. Okay. I, I noticed that it's, it's kind of askew and to the side to make her look 
slightly hideous. Off, yeah. Bit off. Yeah, so that stuff was really well done. And um, Tyrion and Jamie's final goodbye, I really liked. That was really moving. Um, Peter Dinklage is still doing tremendous work, even when the material he's been getting hasn't served his I, abilities. Okay, so I have a huge problem with one thing that Jamie said in that scene. So yeah. obviously Tyrion goes to essentially um, beg Jamie to, oh, try to convince Cersei to stand down or something like that. I think it was just to get Cersei out of there. No, I think I think it was to convince him to get Cersei to stand out because this is the line that, that he says. He says, if not for you, if not for Cersei, think about the innocents. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and, and think yeah. about the innocent people, yeah. you know, or think about the people innocent and whatnot. Yeah. And Jamie says, to be honest, I never cared about the people. Is that the most blatant character assassinating uh, line? Hey, hey, <laughs> so uh, Benny of Advice, watch your own show. Watch your own damn show. The biggest, Are you serious? Is yeah. this like a middle finger to people who like Jamie? Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't understand why they made him say that. Oh, I, I, we don't even have to explain why it's so it wrong. It boggles my mind. Yeah, I, I don't... You could have easily have had him just not say that. Like, you know what I mean? What did that This serve? was a person who destroyed his own honor. And we touched on this in, the previ- in a previous episode. He um, killed the king, the person he is sworn to protect... To save millions of people. Yeah. And lost his honor. Yeah. Because of it. Yeah. And now you're going to have him sincerely say, to be honest, I never cared about people. <laughs> I, I, it, I mean, what? Just pure, <laughs> pure bafflement. That was when I knew we were in deep shit yeah. with Jamie. Did- I knew that... You know, like when he left Brienne, we thought that Jamie thinks that he is the only one who could stop Cersei. But that was the moment when I when I realized, oh, nothing matters. Characters do not matter. With each new episode, they start fresh as new characters. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but that definitely set him back fucking years. I mean, <sighs> I I remember when we were watching that and I had to pause it and I had to be like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I had to just compose I, myself. I yelped. I was, I was like, "What?" Outraged at I, that. Oh. Uh, anyway, but uh, very nicely acted. Good, like a good goodbye between the two of them. Um, that was a really nice scene. So whatever, sure. there, there's something good. Um, and then we've also got Arya and the Hound. That's uh, the next scene. Um, so obviously, very clear cut mission. So the the setup is pretty good because you're thinking. Well, if Arya can, like, just kill Cersei, maybe, like, the whole thing could be kind of averted somewhat. So there's there's some kind of, like, ticking clock where you're rooting for Arya to kill Cersei just despite her list. Yeah. Um, but obviously the dragon fire gets there first and the hound is like, um, you know, you know what? She's dead. Like, there's you're just going to die for no reason if you're here, basically. Because yeah. they basically get to, like, a- apocalypse. Yeah. And, you know, Cersei's done for at that point. But um, the Hound, oh, this is the thing I don't understand really, like this Clegane Bowl stuff. I've, Pure fan service. I don't get it. Like, he's never been motivated to kill his brother. Yeah. They, okay, this is what I'm saying. They should watch their own show once in a while because they left off the Hound last season saying, hmm, there's none of you in there anymore, isn't it? 
or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and the mountain didn't react to him like yeah. he did in this episode when it was convenient. When he was convenient, his <laughs> memories fight. of his hatred of his brother just comes back and to it, him. It's so strong that he just kills his creator. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was I a, did enjoy that death scene. Yeah, that was a good bit of gore. But, I liked that. Uh, at least we got that. But, you know, the Hound as a character it has no arc at this point. Like, he does not have an arc since um, season seven. he came back, really. I mean... I think, you know, when his arc ended, it's when he found the farmers he had inadvertently yes. killed and he apologized and he buried them. Yes. So since then, he's just been, like, around kind there of There is no reason for him to be in this story... At, 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 <sighs> To be a key player in the finale, in the penultimate episode. Yeah. And it's such a point. Like, I get the theme is that revenge is, like, just pointless and destructive. But it feels just pointless on every other level, but too. But, no. So, I'm going to say that the show doesn't care about what revenge is. Like, that That might have been what the show was trying to say in, like, the first four seasons. But the show has completely forgotten that revenge is a corruptible force that is not something that you cheer for. Mm. A case in point, Arya, right? Yeah. Everyone cheered when she killed all of the phrase, yeah. which is a great, like, I cheered as well. Yeah. But this show has never really been about rewarding vengeance. Yeah. You know, look look at what happened to uh Oberyn Martell. Yeah. You know, look at what happened to Rob and uh Rob and Catelyn. Catelyn. Yeah, yeah. You're not supposed to um halfway through this show, they forgot that these characters are going down a dark path because of their thirst for vengeance and instead starts rewarding them by completing their vengeance, you know? Yes, um, the Hound and the Mountain both died, um, but the show frames it as a triumphant moment for the Hound. Yeah, because he's so he can overcome his fear yeah. by killing his brother. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just thinking like in the show itself, the Hound would be protecting Arya while they're evacuating the city. Yes, like, that's just what would be happening. Yes, there's ne- he's never he would never leave her. To go kill a zombie guy who used to be his brother. A better version. Okay, a better version. Yeah. I'm sorry to be the rewrite guy. (laughs) But uh, literally a a, a flip in this script as it is, is the Hound lets go of his thirst to kill his brother to to protect Arya as they leave and in that process they partner up as they save people yeah how that'd be such a great how amazing would that be to see these people who are on a trajectory for vengeance choose to not do it to protect people at least give us that one that heroic note yeah, and it would be like a great counterbalance to like Daenerys's rampage. Yes, like it would have been so well balanced in that way. Yeah, but, because yeah. you know the contrast would be these people were fighting on the same side five days ago. Yeah, and now they're fighting. And that's you know, good and evil. Yeah, <laughs> like, not, yeah, and, exactly. And yeah, that would have been you know that contrast would have been riveting to watch instead of seeing the most natural fan concocted conclusion the cl- okay yeah. clagain bowl okay so what if they kill each other i don't really care about the mountain 
Yeah, he can. He might as well has he, you know, have been like a a, a an animal. He died seasons ago, and he wasn't even much of a human being when he was alive anyway. Yeah. So it's just so pointless. It's but, so uh, pointless. So but I guess that's. The rest of the episode is basically Arya trying to escape, right? From what I remember, really well shot, I have to say. Well acted by her too. Holy crap! I, I would say the bells is um, would have been like one of the best. The be- the bells is a really great episode of television. If I didn't know all the characters, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And um, I didn't really like Jon Snow just standing around like a dope. While while all what? this horror was going around, I'm like fucking hell. I really as if I had to see that prick. sour face one more time, I'm going to stab. It. <laughs> and also, they, they also turned Grey Worm into a murderer as well, <laughs> like just because of Miss Sunday's death. I I kind of like that. I I like that Grey Worm. Grey Worm's turn makes more sense to me than Daenerys's turn. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, it does. But I, I still just, I don't know. It's gross. I, I it's, I hate how they did it. But I, I guess that episode, a uh, great episode, B plus out of ten, whatever. The I fuck. think B plus as an episode of television. Oh, but... as television, um, just on its own, it's like an A plus. But oh, as a okay. Game of Thrones episode, okay. it's probably like a D. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah. I was gonna say yeah, that. That's how yeah. I go. Yeah, so um, complicated feelings. Okay. Great. But I guess it sets the scene for like the finale, right? Uh, let's wrap up with Cersei and Oh um, yeah, I almost forgot about them. You know, because the show kind uh, of forgot about them. <laughs> they get the most. Uh, okay, R.I.P. Cersei, whose character ha- had basically nothing to do but get stuck with the worst character on the show, Euron Greyjoy, for the whole season. Oh yeah, um, so disappointing. And R.I.P. Jamie's character arc. That we followed so dearly, and um, to for him to die by in, in her arms is would have been rewarding if this death happened in season three or yeah. some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Like the the it, it really kind of what a what a disappointing end. What a disappointing end to Jamie's. Well, Jamie and Cersei's character arc for Cersei to not really uh have not really having to um kind of face the 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 consequences of her actions mm. is it, like kind of incomprehensible to me. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I don't know like what the ultimate point of her was really like just I don't even know what kind of queen she was. Like the show had just lost interest in yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And so we're told like she's a tyrant and she'll butcher people's families and whatnot. I don't know. Maybe she was like fine. It's hard to know how to feel about uh, her exit. And it was talk about giving Lena Headey like nothing to do, but look out a window for the whole season, you know? Yeah. Kind of sad. And yeah, it's just, it's just disappointing. Like it's hard to even like summon up much fire and vitriol against it because it's just, it's kind of sad. The, like, yeah, these two episodes felt like an out of body experience. Like I'm watching myself watch the show. Yeah. Instead of you know me being, you know, I remember a lot. Uh, you know, even up until season seven or up until the beginning of season seven, 
I luxuriate in each scene. You know, yeah. every scene between characters is a gift to yeah. me. Yeah, and I want to kind of analyze everything and 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 you know, kind of soak it all up. Yeah, uh, with the last two episodes, it's just like I don't know. It feels like I'm not really watching the show. I'm watching. Like an ad, or like a like yeah, a, some kind of Cliff Notes version. Cliff of the Notes, show. Cliff Notes version is a good way to put it, I think. Because um, well, yeah, I guess that's the bells. Yeah. yeah. So I guess uh, um, the okay, finale, and I, then we were like, okay, what's gonna happen? Gonna at happen that, at this point, I have like been beaten to submission. <laughs> like people were like, are you excited for the finale? I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I was curious still. But, I mean, yeah, I'm curious as to how was... they will end this. But uh, okay, let's talk about um, uh, the Iron Throne. Yeah, written and directed by uh, DB Weiss, Weiss and uh, David Benoff. So the the creators are writing and directing the last one. Yeah. So start off with like a lot of scenes of like walking, like you know, did you did you kind of feel that way, like the walking through King's Landing and. You know, Tyrion walking to see if Jamie yes. had escaped. Uh, okay, let's let's talk What's about that? this. Um uh Tyrion uh uh as if summoned by the gods of plot. <laughs> Just knows where <laughs> Decides, Jamie and tells Jamie uh, yeah, tells John, Oh, I need to now witness my um sibling's death. I need to now go see that body. So I I'll go alone. Yeah. Um, it's the that was already awkwardly set up mm-hmm. that whole thing. I mean, you might as well just have him walk through and stumble upon their bodies. Like the, I, I wouldn't don't you don't need that conversation between him and John. He, yeah, and he, he finds them really quick. Like he just lifts three bricks and somehow, like in Game of Thrones proper, their bodies would be just atomized. Yeah, they'd be paced. Yeah, so they're but they're just you know. Laid what? out like they're in each other's arms. <laughs> what do you think of... What are your thoughts on him finding the hand? <laughs> the golden hand? It's almost funny. Like, yeah. It's almost hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. It is kind of awkward. And uh, what was also funny, this was also a meme um, <laughs> that's been everywhere, which was there's like space in in this uh scene where, oh, yeah, where rubble, rubble pulled over in exactly where you know Jamie and Cersei died but like nowhere else around them yeah so they didn't have to stand there and wait for the rubble to <laughs> <laughs> yeah get them but in the actual scene the roof caves in yeah the whole thing <laughs> fell like they're dead like yeah. there's no way they could there leave there should have just been only rubble yeah but they needed that cleared out so he could discover the bodies exactly so exactly this is what we're dealing with yeah. guys so it's just it's very just contrived <laughs> And um, you've got more murderer Grey Worm just killing like people on their knees and stuff like that. Just, yes. just to show how far gone they are now. They have to just continue with this. In trajectory. isolation, in isolation, mm. I kind of like how harrowing that scene was, where she he where he orders the execution. Yeah. And John walking away, knowing that the execution is happening and flinching. Yeah. I like that scene, mm-hmm. but. I hate it in the context of this show and this episode. Yeah. Um, but because no one, like, when did Daenerys give the order? <laughs> she she was on her dragon, wasn't she? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't uh, know. Great one. What are you is he talking just, about? Is he just making that up? But yeah. He, he's not really capable of just, like, making that up. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a follower. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, whatever, whatever. Not this is the least of this episode's problems. So we, I guess, we get to um, Daenerys, and we're seeing this is very important because how she acts will actually kind of retroactively determine the last episode and yeah, her turn. Yeah, and it's just disgusting. Like, I, oh my god, they really made her just a supervillain. Like yeah. a, a one-note Nazi. Yeah. Like she gives this speech about how they liberated the people of King's she's Landing. Hitler. They, she's Hitler. She's, she's literally Hitler. Hitler. It, they, uh, they're filming it like she's Hitler. Like she's dragging Hitler. The things that he says, you know, yeah. I will liberate the world and yeah. get rid of tyrants, but like by her becoming one. Yeah, it's the same thing. And it's she just looks fucking deluded. Like, <laughs> like what are you going to do? You've got nothing left. You like blew everything up. Yeah, she doesn't look... N- nuts she but looks... she's saying like nutty things yeah but she's saying it like she, like she's still daenerys yeah so the disconnect is so odd it and okay if you want to say yeah she broke right like she snapped and she's literally insane right i mean that's i i still hate that as a story as a story mm-hmm. but okay that that's the only way you can reconcile what she's doing. And the inconsistent thing is, is that we were told very clearly, like, the Mad King's descent into insanity took years. Yeah. And he was so deluded that he thought after he blew up King's Landing with the wildfire, yeah. he would, he be, would like, be reborn, reborn as, as a dragon. dragon. Yeah. Like, that's how... That's that's actual madness. Yeah. Like, this is just bad writing. Yeah, it's bad <laughs> writing because it, it's just hyper delusion in a way. It's kind of like... Yeah, it's not madness. It doesn't feel it's like madness, madness, but it is. It, it, it <laughs> is, but it, it's not. Like, what it is, is that they've turned... I hate how they've turned the Breaker of Chains, like the mother, and the lasting image of her is, a, like, as a Nazi. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so distasteful of it. It's hard to even, like, talk about it objectively. Yeah, there is a different note that they could do here, in which, uh, which is, uh, I would want us to see some anguish... Yeah. In Daenerys. Yeah. You know, maybe if I saw a scene where she's turned away from everyone and she looks at what she's done and yeah. she's horrified. Yeah. And then when people come out to ask for orders, she like kind of sucks it in and and puts on a stone cold face. Yeah. To you know, it's kind of like, look, I have been pushed to my breaking point to this situation. There's no turning back for me. Yeah. I would buy it. Yeah. I would buy it if that's how that note plays out. But instead, they play out as, what do you mean I'm wrong? (laughs) What do you mean I killed innocent people? I didn't do that. (laughs) The fundamental problem with that is that they could have easily have done a scenario in which... She didn't just go on a rampage, but her dragon did kill like a quite a few innocents. Yeah, and her attitude is basically just like, well, you know, this is war; these things happen, and then from there, as she's queen, there's like a gradual descent into her becoming more violent. Yeah, but because they opted to do six episodes, you know, you got to sprint towards her being fucking insane. Yeah, so I think that in a perfect world, um, this. Uh, she should have just become queen. Yeah. And then the next three episodes should have been her descent 
Yeah. While she's queen. Because you could do a thing where, like, other kingdoms don't accept her because yeah. she's a foreigner with yeah. these dragons and it's Targaryen. Yeah. And she's trying, but it's not working, so she has to use force. Yeah. You know, and it could be, like, an escalation of conflict from there. That actually makes so... That was actually makes so much sense and be so dramatically rewarding for Danny's character arc because, okay, you have it now, yeah. right? How, okay, what, you, you have the throne, right? Yeah. Um, are you a good good queen? And yeah. for her to contend with the fact that she's not, yeah, that's interesting. It's great because like she has to be a queen without being the Mesa, the breaker of chains. Yeah. Like she can't be a god. She has yeah. to just be like a queen. She actually has to govern and not murder everyone that comes in her way. And she has to do it without her, her advisors. Yeah. So that is like a perfect setup for her just uh, losing losing everything. Yeah. But they can't. They don't. They didn't allow themselves the time for. Some reason I can't fathom. So we have to go to this very cartoonish version where she basically just doesn't acknowledge what she did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. kind of like, it's comical in a way because. Yeah, there, so a part of this <laughs> is um, Amelia Clark gave an interview. Yeah. Um, I, I forgot. Okay, I'm going to fact check this. So if you still hear it on this podcast, that means it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, in an interview with some magazine, she said. She was shocked when she read the script. Yeah, I remember about her that. turn. Yeah, and she she couldn't comprehend it. Yeah, and she had to call her mother to say, "Do you think Daenerys is a good person?" Yeah, I mean, I hearing that makes me feel really bad for Amelia Clark because it's as if someone's taken hostage of something that she really knew so well. Yeah, and and went J.K. It's not it. Yeah. It's horrible because, and then she said, um, now things made sense when the director, uh, when uh, uh, Benioff and Vice would ask her, she, you know, in, in previous seasons and previous scenes, she would play some scenes heroically. Right. Because obviously from her perspective, her, her um, character was doing something heroic, yeah. like, you know, killing off the slave yeah. slavers and things like that. Yeah. But um uh Benioff and Vice would tell her to tone it down, make it, you know, um turn it tone it down, make it less heroic. And she wouldn't understand why until now. And well, that's the main issue. Why didn't you tell your actor about the character's trajectory? Yeah. So that they can actually play it correctly. Yeah, because she didn't play correctly because she didn't know. She had no fucking idea like <laughs> the rest of us. She was just as confused as we were. She's just as surprised as the turn. And what just puts the nail in the coffin for this terrible decision for me is actually what when Tyrion and Jon have this conversation about her and the writers put these words in Tyrion's mouth and yeah. I could hear it yeah. when he's like saying, oh, when she killed slavers, we cheered her for it. And she felt more and more right. So... What they're saying, the writers are, oh, she's kind of been like nuts all this time, but yeah. now this is like the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's like a ton of straws at once. That's not the, the straw. That's like a ton you just dropped from yeah. fucking nowhere. Guess what? I do not buy that. I do not buy that. Yeah. Hey, you know why we cheered when she killed slavers? Because they're they fucking were slavers! slavers! And in this- they were slavers! Consider the morality of this world in which the goodest guy, Ned Stark, 
kills executes a deserter in the first episode in the first scene and like it's the right thing to do like it's it is in this world yeah. like that's what that's how it goes hey you know how robert baratheon became king by literally murdering every targaryen that existed except for danny yeah and <laughs> oh the, was he the mad king speaking of that that's a good segue <laughs> into my next point in which do you remember in, at the end of near season one where Robert is saying, we found out the Targaryen girl is still alive, so we're going to send knives after her? Yes. And Ned is like so disgusted. He's like, I'm not having any part in like a girl being butchered like, you know, like this. I, I quit yeah. as your hand. And we get John like just still making excuses for her after she like charboiled a whole city. Yeah. Like he's still like hemming and hawing. Yeah. The the reason why John um, hemming and hawing that um, was dissatisfying is because we don't actually know John at this point. We don't know what his character has become anymore. Yeah. He's just there, He's, dangling, yeah. with no motivation, no... Like, I don't even know what his conflict is. Yeah. Just kill Danny. Yeah. Like, I don't even buy that he loves her. No, not at all. Like, I can't believe they still tried to shove that down our throats in, like, their last scene together, too. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't track whatsoever. Um, I also want to... Speaking of, you know actors reacting to their characters mm. there is a brilliant um there's this amazing video of this kind of british magazine or video website interview with um kit harrington where she said uh if you have one word to describe like how things will end or like this season what word would it be without a beat kit harrington says disappointing <laughs> like without a pause there was no yeah. pause he says it, it, it slipped out of his lips yeah. disappointing and it wasn't tongue-in-cheek like, it, it was just like a genuine knee-jerk reaction oh. and and then he he was like oh <laughs> i mean epic or whatever yeah he adds the or oh, whatever <laughs> one of those words uh i mean of course he would be disappointed. He barely recognizes his own character at this point. Like John does John did nothing this and season. Everything he did was stupid. Like <laughs> or insanely incomprehensible. But, you know, I guess we get the obligate we all knew it was coming. He um goes to Daenerys <laughs> in the throne room, knifes her, you know. Here, uh, here's another revision I have for that sequence though. Oh yeah. Um Instead of fucking Tyrion just outlining the steps that he needs to take to kill her. Here's <laughs> uh, why you have to do this. And the hilarious, hilarious <laughs> part of his argument is, would you have done the same thing? Like, he, it's he, like he's so what do you think, <laughs> numbskull? Yeah, like, but even then he's like, um, well... Yeah. <laughs> like, John, of course not, yeah. John, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, why are you waiting? Yeah. Uh, anyway, what? How amazing would it have been if he walks up, um, no conversation with Tyrion, <laughs> yeah. no conjugal visit. Yeah, he walks up and and confronts Daenerys. What have you done? Yeah, yeah, like angry. straight up angrily. He should be angry. This is the these are the people he wanted to save from the Night King, and and now Daenerys has yeah. done the. Like more damage, do, yeah. Do you more remember, damage do you, than the Night King has ever did. The hard home <laughs> battle, he was like devastated at the hard yeah, home battle, yeah. and this is the hard home battle times fifty. And, and he's like, shrug. He's, he's like, I don't know. Well, she's my she's queen. Our queen now. <laughs> and I'm like, are you crazy? Like, 
imagine if he comes in furious and then Daenerys, look, if they want to keep it the same, whatever, spouts bullshit. And then when she says, you know, if Sansa doesn't, she, you know, if Sansa doesn't, I'm going to Winterfell next. Yeah. But that's when he dis- realizes, oh, I have to kill her because uh, yeah. he's threatening my home, my family. As- How about that? Instead of a oh, oh, weirdly well-reasoned PowerPoint presentation from Tyrion of like, so here are the numbers of the people that she killed. Um, I think you have to kill him, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, oh, wow. Wow. I mean, it, it, even if... if Arya flew out of nowhere and stabbed um, Danny. I would have been more uh, satisfied by that ending than than how John came to this. Well, there was conclusion. There was great setup for that because yeah, he, she was such a witness to her horror. Like she was the only survivor of what she did, really. So it's like she has the best motivation to do it. But I know they had her kill the Night King, but that would kind of came out of nowhere. This, <laughs> like this, is this actually, would have actually, this is actually made her, sense. Like she killed the queen, not Cersei queen, but the other queen. This is also a symptom uh, or and a key example of the kind of warped priorities that the creators have <laughs> this season, yeah. which is, I bet you their their kind of decision to add Arya into. Um, uh, the the burning episode that that scene is wouldn't it be cool if we so they're like hey we need someone on the ground to so a good character that people love to be on the ground so that wouldn't it be cool if you know That's the audience yeah. feel the the urgency no follow up in this episode because they don't really care about the character they don't really care about what the character has witnessed and learned and what how that drives their motivation. They think about, hey, what looks cool? Yeah. Once that's done, they completely forget about it. Arya, the fact that Arya does nothing in this um in the final episode after what she's seen and the fact that she's reacting so calmly to say Arya literally says to John <laughs> I know a killer when I see one. Talk about the most unnecessary <laughs> line how, of all time. <laughs> tell me, Arya, how how did you know? How did you what, what kind gave of, it away? Yeah, yeah. What kind of <laughs> what skill of observation did you learn from uh, from the faceless men to know that she's a killer? Please enlighten us. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. None of this shit really connects. Like <sighs> when you kind of break it down. But, but anyway, uh, anyway, we get the you know the kiss and then the stab scene, which, considering what she did, it's a pretty kind end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like to she say almost the least. Uh, barely feels it. Yeah, it's right? a very sweet. Just oh, uh, she's almost shocked that there's something like going through her. Yeah, guess like I felt nothing. I was like, I, I, at that point, I was like, oh, I guess. This Do you know is why they're going with? It's it. because not only did it barely make sense, but like she's basically the devil and he's a moron. So it's like it's hard to just care. Like I don't even know. Who, yeah, yeah. It's like you don't even know who to root for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it would have been really cool if she kills John. Actually, that would have been cool. I would have been on board with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because if you're gonna commit, like commit. Yeah, but uh, they didn't. Um, yeah. Then the dragon flies in. Oh, all right. Yeah. And uh, we get. <laughs> so okay, surely the dragon. So when when it flies, when the dragon's flying in, I was like. Okay, if this dragon burns John, yeah, it would be quite upsetting. But it would be a very 
uh, uh, Game of Thronesian, you know, vintage Game of Thrones, unexpected ending that makes you think about, you know, that at least makes you think about what the point is. It would be like. It would be kind of a cool thing, like all the Targaryens literally killed each other. Yeah, like it, yeah, that's the end of the the di- the crumbling dynasty. That's how exactly. it goes. Like that was so interconnected and inbred yes. that it could only end with all of them killing Getting each other. Getting wiped out. Yeah, but for some <laughs> <laughs> godforsaken reason, <laughs> the, the dragon doesn't burn him. No, instead. The dragon turns to the symbolic representation of absolute power and corruption yeah. and decides to melt the Iron Throne. Hey, you know what? Uh, Benny of advice? Great scene. It looked cool. Very so congratulations. Cool. It did. That was I mean, well shot wow. shit. So what good. a moment. I'm not even being so sarcastic. Symbolic. Like It looks so cool. But fucking hell, like, how could the dragon have the presence of mind in like grief... I know they're smart, but <laughs> to to understand that this chair was the thing that killed his mother and fuck this chair, like, and just burn it as it was forged. I will destroy it as it was forged. And I'm just like, oh, right? Okay, okay. And then it took her body away. And I, I didn't really mind that. I'm like, is it taking her body to the red priestesses? Or is it that's that's a theory, right? But but it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna say no. It is not because uh, Benny of Advice doesn't think as far as like one scene. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's pretty evidence of that. Yeah, because I was wondering, like, what what's he? He can't bury it, so is it just gonna leave her for the animals? Maybe it's gonna snack on it. Just eat it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that'd be funny. Oedipus. It's gonna eat, right? (laughs) Um. Okay, baffling that, that he doesn't burn John immediately. Yeah. People are saying maybe uh, he's a Targaryen, that he doesn't burn it. But Make look, no difference. Targaryens, mom. Targaryens fight each other with dragons. Yeah, so, they did. There was know, the dance of dragons, yeah, you know? So you know, that totally happens. That's a, that's a moot point. Like, yeah. it will destroy the killer of its master. Like, it makes no sense that it didn't. But, like, and, and also, it's kind of like, why not? <laughs> Yeah. At this point. Like, why would he let it live? He didn't care about it. <laughs> this John. is the final episode. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay, and then... Okay, so here's the thing, though. Track this logic for me. Um, Grey Worm. Yeah. So, so... Uh, kind of raptured with grief uh, of the death of his loved one that he will... He's on a murder rampage, Just, right? Yeah. Murder rampage... Uh, with you know, in partnership, in shared grief with the only other person that is important in his life right now, which is Daenerys, finds out upon victory that she is assassinated. Decides to just put John in jail. <laughs> okay, here's the only way I could possibly rationalize that. Yeah. And it's a real stretch, and I don't think it really holds water considering he's in this, like, frothy state of mind. It could be they were keeping him hostage, but that's the only thing I can... I mean, of course they were keeping him hostage. Because if they killed him, then they would have all been killed by, like, the rest of, like, the Northmen and everything like that. That's true, but I I just, I guess I wonder, does it matter to Grey Worm at that point? 
Like, what has he got to live for? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, the, the army of Ansali that we never see him interact with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's the only way. Because otherwise, I, I just couldn't understand why he didn't kill him on the spot. Yeah. And... Well, you know. What was the conversation? Like, the body wasn't even there. Like, the dragon was gone. Yeah, that's... So, did Don John just, like, confess? I think so, because that's the kind of guy John is. Well... What the fuck ever? Like, <laughs> so unsatisfying. <laughs> Whatever. So basically, after that, there's like a big time jump. I I feels like I don't even know because yeah. okay, obviously uh, Tyrion's beard is longer. I guess yeah. So it's a few weeks, I guess. And then the uh, count, the count, the remaining lords in Westeros, I guess, convene at the Dragon Pit. My there's- girl, Sansa. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I was like. I, I was telling you, I was going to throw up every time Danny mentions Sansa or yeah. Winterfell because yeah. I was like, what that is she speech. going to yeah. do? Yeah. Um, but good to see her. It was. It was very nice. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and, and good to see... Okay, this is an interesting scene, I guess. So we have, um, I guess, the remaining lords and ladies of Westeros yeah. sitting there. So we have Yara... Good to see her. King of the Island Islands now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And the unnamed Prince of Dawn. That's does, right. Doesn't get a name. <laughs> doesn't even say anything. Doesn't say anything. But hey, Dawn is here too. So uh, Robin go. Robin Aaron. Yeah. Uh, who is... I didn't um, recognize him at people, first. Uh, who Neville Longbottom. Yeah. I didn't recognize... Did you recognize him I at did, first? yeah. I didn't. I because... Like, well, first of all, I think... Well, the only reason I recognize him because is because he's wearing like the... Air, the, the veil Yeah, thing. the veil outfits yeah and he's next to that guy from the veil oh the royce guy yeah, yeah. so i'm yeah, like true. okay that's him and i was like wondering where he was yeah as well so and then we have um uh obviously the starks mm-hmm. very cool shot of like Arya's there brands there yeah sansa's there yeah um and they're arguing i guess because they so they brought um, so Greywind brings Tyrion out, and Sansa's like, "Wait, where's John?" Yeah, they expected him to be there too. That it was just hilarious. I, I find this kind of funny because, um, as if Sansa is here to trade stuff for Tyrion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like who wants him? Like, who? Which house is like, all right, let's bring the hostages. Um, I want Tyrion. Yeah, why was Tyrion there? <laughs> yeah, I don't why, really know. <laughs> whatever. Look, obviously. Um, I'm glad they didn't show the negotiation scene because um, there wouldn't be one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I don't know what Grey Worm's logic is. He's like, John shouldn't be here because I don't know. Yeah, something about him having to be punished, and it's like, well, you haven't done anything with him yet. Like, yeah, like what? 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 What do you mean he has to be punished? You, you had a, the opportunity. Like this is talking about his freedom. Like, isn't that why you? held him hostage like what was your reasoning there yeah and it's like he makes some passing line about them having king's landing now yeah and it's it's like a couple things it's like you people can't run a city like you have have no fucking idea how to do that how is that happening and two there's no one left like they all got fucking go to it it's just funny to think about but a one line gray worm like administrating doing administrative and i'm just like what are you doing Uh, and um, and so okay, ludicrous. This ludicrous scene. Oh, Brienne is there as well. Oh yeah, that's right. And so Davos, don't forget Davos. Davos. Yeah. Um. 
So they talk about like um, handling hostages and stuff, and then Graven makes a threat, and then Tyrion's like whispers, um, "That's not for you to decide." And right? I'm like, "Why not?" Yeah. <laughs> There's prisoner. That that's like, what do you mean? What do you, what 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 could you possibly mean, Tyrion? <laughs> <laughs> and he says it as like an advisor friend. Yeah, in that. But kind of when tone. he's the prisoner, yeah, and. Like, the logic just doesn't add up. The logic for them to lead them up to picking Bran doesn't add up. But okay, let's just say it, he buys that it's not up to him to decide for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, he could have just declared himself king. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Even though he's the prisoner. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, uh, Grey Worm. Oh, yeah. Like, he goes, I'm king. And I will decide now. I'm already running the city, I suppose. So this is the most... This is the weirdest... Uh, this is the weirdest kind of exchange. Because then... Uh, he's like, okay, then who decides? Yeah, who's the... Who's- and Tyrion's like, oh, the new king of Westeros. And everyone's like, well, look, we don't have one, I yeah. guess. And he says, well, you're the you're the electoral college. Yeah, basically. <laughs> You, you decide. The, uh, states you're the and, uh, kingdoms and whatnot. Yeah, you're the most important. You're the. He's basically saying you're the richest people in this world. So why don't you decide who runs it? Yeah, <laughs> it's basically like an aristocracy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. And and everyone's like, oh, okay. That this is the, this is like kind of the best moment of this episode for me was when Edmund Tully stands up. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ed Muir is a clown. And starts his bid, like his presidential nominee speech. Like, I think he's like, I'm okay at crafting or whatever. Veteran of two wars. (laughs) And I love that scene where Sansa is like, sit down. (laughs) And he fucking begs his I love it because it's very um, true to Edmund as a character and his function in the show. Yeah, the buffoon. At least we get that. It's like a hint of classic Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Um, It reminds me of his famous scene where he tries to shoot the arrow to burn the funeral pyre and he just misses. Yeah, it was totally like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what a wonderful loser. Good to see him again just uh, before the end, Um, I suppose. Yeah. So what do we get? We get um, them, basically, Tyrion takes charge of the meeting I guess because none for of, some reason none of these fuckheads apparently have anything to say. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Sam suggests like democracy. Everyone laughs. They all laugh. Which you know what though, the people of Westeros at this point, I do not trust them to choose like an actually good ruler. No. So, like baby steps, yeah. baby steps, and I think the compromise, you know, that kind of electoral college ish. Yeah. Um, I think is a good start. It's yeah. still democracy, like some form of democracy, right? It's like an oligarchy, you know? Right, it's not right. like... <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the rich people decide. So I guess it's that kind of system. But... Yeah, like it is right now, am I right? Yeah, you're like right. Like our society totally, today. Totally, totally <laughs> Very true. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool to live in this time. Jo- join us in our next <laughs> podcast, Politics Nation. 101 oligarchies. <laughs> start right here but anyway um so Tyrion basically takes charge of the meeting and he thinks Bran should be the king because and the logic is like Bran has a good story and let's okay let's 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 talk about that let's talk about that because he he said you know oh who has a better story than Bran yeah and I'm like fucking there's this meme that's like 
every literally every <laughs> single character on the show. And <laughs> because the first of all, does anyone really know what a three-eyed raven is? Is it really that impressive that he became a three-eyed raven? I mean, he was chosen. Yeah. Like it was predestined. How about like a guy who literally like came back to life and tried to save I don't know, the world. And it's basically <laughs> still kind of a society that's like not trustful of supernatural. Magic. Yeah. You know, that's associated with like dragons and the white walkers and those creepy red priestesses. So brain is like in that vein. So why would they, they all just kind of go, oh yeah, yeah your brain should be king. Yeah. Which, yeah. What a great king and emotionless. I'm like, can he even make decisions? Actionless. Pers- like uh, entity, yeah. Like he can't do decisions. Like, <laughs> the, I he know- doesn't. He has not made an action in through ever since he became um, the Three Eyed Raven. Like he hasn't as actually taken an action. So, okay, you want a king that just does nothing? Basically, I could read it as Tyrion is just like, yeah, we'll have him as the figurehead, and yeah. I am the actual king, which I suppose is what happens. But then Bran has like a curious line where he's like, oh, why do you think I came all this way? And it's just like, if you think about it, it's like, so did he just like let all of this happen so he could be king? Like, doesn't that make him very evil? I can explain that uh, line, actually. So I think the reason he says that is because um, the writers have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> so are you telling me? He's like, he insisted John had to know his Targaryen heritage and that he was the heir because he knew it would he start this domino to, effect. to manipulate his way into becoming king for reasons. I mean, Christ. <laughs> like, it's a great line. It's cool. But it's kind of like a, 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 a trick to yeah. trick the audience. Like, whoa, how cool was that line? Anyway, this makes sense. This makes sense, guys. Like, I think that was it. And look, I'm not buying it. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, just... it makes zero sense. Yeah. Why did I come all this way? Uh, I don't know, because, uh, you know, the whole hostage thing, I guess. Yeah, and he can't see the future. Like, so how does he know that would that's what would happen? So that's the thing, right? His capabilities as the Three-Eyed Raven is very, very, very ill-defined. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And sometimes they do imply that he sees the future. He does see the future in a sense that he can see glimpses of the future, kind of like how Daenerys saw you know, saw her own future where she's ruled over what we thought was a, a kind of a snowy throne, broken throne room, but but you know now it's fulfilled as ashes. Yeah. Right. So, um, uh, Bran can do that to an extent because there were flashes of uh, when she when he was green seeing. Oh, he whatever. saw the dragon in King's Landing. He saw the yeah. dragon flying over K- King's Landing, and he also saw. Um, green fire burning. Um, that that uh, decept decept. Right. So okay. he can see the future in that sense. Not like this is everything that's going to happen. You know, like not yeah. nothing cohesive. So it's like conveniently vague. So yeah. like he can just be anything. So maybe he got a glimpse, got a glimpse of his himself with a crown or some shit like that. Anyway, anyway, so, but so, um, um uh. Okay, so they all just, all they are. Everyone thinks it's a great idea, even though they don't know him, and he's a weirdo. Yara, 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 um, the the leader of a a kingdom that is famous for not wanting to be 
a part of a larger kingdom. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, he can be this stranger. Yeah, will be my king. Yeah. I she yeah. says, and 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 <laughs> and yet they let Sansa Brexit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it looks kind of imagine if you're just a random lord there, and you're like. Hang on, so he, the king's sister is asking for independence and she gets it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Why didn't Yara go, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know this was in the cards. Yeah, yeah I, I also want to be my independent kingdom. Yeah, exactly. So it's <laughs> like, why couldn't they have that conversation, like, with at least not in the council, like, like as a private matter or something like that? And also, okay, I have to say, it makes zero sense that Sansa isn't even brought up as a possibility to be king, queen. Yeah, yeah I know. She has shown herself, like, look, we are, we know that she, in, okay, and regardless of your criticism of how, um, you know, how they have portrayed, um, presented Sansa as the leader of the North, in this, in the warped logic of the show, Sansa is a good leader. Yeah. You know, so you can't argue with that. The the show has presented Sansa as a good leader, so it actually makes no sense that they don't immediately go to the most qualified person on that table. Yeah, and and go for someone who has absolutely zero zero leadership experience. I mean, and like you could have a situation uh, where she's the queen and Tyrion's the hand because this season kind of they they had some good back and forth. Yeah. Although Tyrion does not deserve to be the hand, so that's also another thing. Like Tyrion continues to be rewarded for the series of poor choices that he's made ever since he joined forces with Daenerys. Yeah, like so he just gets a second chance to be the hand. Yeah, even like, though well, he, what is this? He was the hand of the queen who genocided everybody <laughs> and didn't do a fucking thing he to make it right was instrumental in that the situation turn. yeah you were her right hand person and you let it happen yeah and then for so but for some reason yeah he is hand again Bran, you're gonna need to give me more than he needs to atone okay yeah. he can atone by being like the the guy who scrubs toilets in King's <laughs> Start Landing. from there. How about that? <laughs> or rebuild some buildings. I, like, <laughs> be a random builder I or something. I wouldn't trust him to make any decision. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Like, when Daenerys said, You're, if you fail me again, that'll be the last time I fail you. I'm like, you should have burned him like five chances ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> So that's also bizarre. So, so all these choices. Okay, they make Bran king. And then you have that council scene. Mm-hmm. Which is awkward. Very awkward. But another bizarre decision. Okay, they set up Bran gets high guarded. Wow. He's also, wow. He's also the money man. That's Okay, that's my biggest issue. He gets to be the lord of high guarded. Was in charge of all the resources. Yeah, and gets to be master of coin. How would he by not, what yeah. being a, 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 a an assassin? A, a, a <laughs> because he's a an assassin that doesn't kill his friends, and that's why. See, like Tyrion, already showing his his flaws as <laughs> the hand. 
I'll just pick my friend to be the treasury. Yeah, literally, my friend who uh, threatened it, to yeah. murder me if and, I di- if I didn't give him a, a prominent seat, and would almost certainly embezzle funds. Yeah. that are desperately needed to like rebuild this really yeah. shattered country. <laughs> like they need like a really good master of coin more than ever because like that whole country is basically decimated, right? And they've got like Bron as like the money man. Ugh. It just shows the that- guy who doesn't give a shit about anything but money. And he becomes master of coin, Tyrion. You should have died. <laughs> but that, but that just shows that it's like it's just like the fanfic thing where it's like, well, he's a character people like and vaguely yeah. associated with. They like seeing them together. So we'll just have him in one last bantery yeah, scene. Sick bants. Yeah, sick bants. The TV show. So they get these like ill-fitting jagged pieces and shove them together just so we can have this like ending scene of like Tyrion and his surviving buddies, kind of talking even though like it makes little sense i guess it makes sense that davos is like the ship guy like if that makes sense that, that makes was sense. really cool and i liked brienne as the um i don't even know what brienne's role is because of obviously she's king's guard lord yeah, Con- lord yeah. commander of the king's guard yeah but is. then she also makes a lot of kind of governing decisions which is cool i want someone like brienne to make those decisions but it's just kind of weird for her to was she making decisions? Well, she was like, "We need to, we need to talk about sewage. We need to talk about water." Oh no, that was Sam and um, oh, Sam was talking about that. Yeah, really? Yeah, Sam was talking oh, about okay. that. Yeah, and that makes sense because he's the Grand Maester, I guess. Right? Weird that because he quit. Like, how can he be? Yeah. How can he be Grand Maester? Of anything? And it, wouldn't that mean that he's anyway? It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. <laughs> Grand Maester is very old. It takes years to yeah, and, study this. And also, shit. you know, aren't they sworn to celibacy? I mean, look, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, basically but, not. Um, um, that would. I don't mind that he's he's like the first not celibate. My problem is that he's like already the Grand Maester, yeah. and he's like just this kid still, basically. Let, let's uh, okay. Let's talk about. I want to talk about one really one of the best scenes in this episode mm-hmm. like genuinely best scenes yeah aside from the Edmund I th- one i think i know what you're talking about and yeah. then one of the and and that's a book yeah. related yeah, scene yeah and then the second which is the worst scene of this episode which is a second book related scene so we'll talk about the good one first which is uh of course brienne finishing off jamie's chapter in that king's guard book yeah very touching scene yeah because there's this famous well it's not famous but there's this line that jamie says you know um my my story has yet to be written or something like oh that. there's still time to finish it or something yeah. like that yeah and it was really cool to see brienne understanding um jamie's bizarre uh, choice yeah yeah <laughs> but it was great like i i think at least they didn't tarnish Brienne as a character because yeah. I like that, you know, she's tearing up great acting by um Gwendolyn Christie. Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. And uh where she writes, you know, I, I love that line when she says, Die protecting his queen. Yeah, I like that too. Because at the very least we like in this kind of stupid machinations of this storyline, that makes it Makes up for it a little bit. I would have, um, yeah, I really like that scene, but I really would have loved it if she like added context to him killing Ares. Like yeah. he did that yeah, to save to save the King's realm. Landing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you maybe know, she did. Maybe she. Yeah, did. Yeah, maybe we didn't see it. It yeah. was pretty quick. But um, yeah, and they play 
Raman Jawadi, Jawadi's score again kicks in, and it's the same music that plays when Jamie knights Brienne. I see. Yeah, so I that see. it was a, and it, the scene reminded Ooh. me of that. Like, I mean, how they, how she's like repaying that kindness. The uh, what's his name? Uh, Raman yeah. Jawadi. Yeah, Raman Jawadi does so much heavy lifting this whole season. Yeah, like, he really. A does. lot of the really emotionally affecting seasons, uh, uh scenes and yeah. moments are due to the score. Like, if the writing can't convey, like, character motivations, the score can at least give us some kind of emotional through line to carry through. Because even... It's ridiculous, that scene that Cer- when Cersei dies with um, Jamie, But you hear the uh, a warped of version of the Reigns of Castamere as yeah. it plays. Yeah. And um and I, I like that. You get moved still. It still yeah. finds its way to And and they bring magic. it back when um I think when Tyrion discovers their yeah. their bodies. Yeah. You know, it's dumb. Yeah. But the music and Peter Dinklage's performance almost makes up for it. I mean yeah. it doesn't really. Yeah, yeah. But but like at least I could enjoy that moment superficially. Yeah. Because of that. And um, I've heard some criticisms that have really, like, bugged me for some reason where, like, they're, like, saying, why wouldn't Brienne fill out her own chapter about her adventures? Well, she hasn't started yet. She hasn't started yet. (laughs) And, like, she would never self-aggrandize. That's not Brienne. Podrick would write her adventures. That's kind of how it would go. Like, in some future, that's what would happen. Exactly. Yeah. And, look, she hasn't... She's only at the beginning of her career as a Kingsguard. Yeah, why would she, she write just anything? became a knight the other day. Like, yeah, that's why she she needs to. It makes sense for her to close off the chapter of the previous Kingsguard. And yeah, because that's what the duties of the yeah. Lord Commander Kingsguard and do. I'm also surprised though that the book like survived the fire. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, so that that's a whole other, other thing. Let's get to my most egregious fuck you that. The, the creators have to book readers of the show, which is Sam bringing out a book called A Song and Ice and Fire. Yeah. It reminds me of that, uh, of The Great Gatsby, directed by Baz Luhrmann, where, like, it's revealed that I think the... Um, he originally called it Gatsby, but then at the end he's like, The Great. Yeah, like, it's revealed that he... Nicholas, Nick, Nick, Nick Carraway. Nick Carraway yeah. is writing the book, The Great Gatsby, all yeah. along. Like, and this is the same thing, right? Because it has the audacity, you know, by season seven and eight betrays the spirit of the books and betrays the spirit of the the actual show that it started. Mm-hmm. That that it started as, and to end it on now, this is the song of ice and fire. This is the complete song of ice and fire. Like it, it's uh, it's insulting. I guess it was it. I I was kind of reminded of when Frodo write. Does he write the Lord of the Rings in the Return of the King? Like one of the last scenes he has when he's writing. Does every, he? Yeah, he calls it the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, so I I didn't find it too egregious because I was like, oh yeah, they're just getting. That from Return of the Kings and... and there are whatever. a lot of um, Lord of the Rings uh, uh, influences in this uh, final season. In this final episode too, with yeah. um, especially, I guess, the next scene we'll get to is a very well-acted scene um, when, of course, they're all really good. It's when John is saying goodbye to like his Stark siblings. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminiscent of when Frodo leaves... Yeah, not as emotional, obviously. Yeah. but there were there were nice little moments. I you know I like this 
end montage. Oh, it was fantastic. um, Yeah, it was great. Obviously, our heart is with the Starks. You know, the Starks are the heart of the show. Yeah. It also makes me shocked that they all lived, but that's a a whole other thing. But yeah, the his hug with Sansa um, was. Uh, I, I felt like it could have been earned a little more with more interactions between them, but I, I, you know, it moved me. Yeah, me too. And and then Arya sadly saying, "I'm you're not gonna see me again." Yeah. Or like, We're, "I'm never gonna go there because." Yeah. And then she, you know, they ask, "Wait, why?" And she says, "You know, I want to go and be in Indiana Jones, explore new frontiers. <laughs> What's west of Westeros?" She brings back that line that she says to Lady Crane. Yes, very, very good catch. Um, very, very touching bit when John kind of wipes her tears away. Yeah, every that's very tender. Nice. Everyone act, acts like the acting. The performances are really good. Yeah. Um. Obviously, except for, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good performance from. <laughs> the actor who plays Bran. <laughs> well, I guess they're telling him to act like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um and and then and then you get the montage of you know like them doing their thing. Well, it's it really reminded me of like they have these clear desires in the first episode of the show. Yes. But they're separated because of outside forces. Yes. But now at the end of the show they they've got what they wanted, but they're like the masters of their own destiny. Yeah, and they're, yeah. they're, they're and like their they're stories complete. can continue. Yeah, and they can continue but they're they've completed like something. Yeah. And it's the my favorite visually one of the best visual scenes of the season, actually, and that's really saying something, is Sansa's coronation. Amazing. Yeah. Got Amazing. chills during that. Her outfit is on point. Yeah. And the wolf crown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the weirwood tree lining. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, look, if anything, at least they have my girl Sansa. You know, they gave her a good arc. Yeah, gave her a good ending. Um, gave her a good ending. I didn't. I, I think she barely had an arc this season, but, but at least the they. Was good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it got it's gave me chills seeing her walking and and the North kneeling. Yeah. As she walks down. Yeah, very regal. Wow, amazing! It would have been cool to see like maybe Mira Reed there or something like that. that yeah, would have been nice. And you get like also these very well framed kind of pirate adventure shots with Arya yeah. like sheathing her needle and yeah. you know the eyeglass and everything I kind of want to watch that show yeah Arya the Explorer yeah not directed not written by <laughs> Benny F. Advice but you know and uh, John um, um, I'm a little fuzzy Like I don't like the, I, I don't really like John's thing like kind of end montage because I think number one it went for too long it did actually like the last. So the point they dragged where, out the last couple of minutes. Yeah, because okay, he rides out. I, I maybe it's cool that like, I, I understand what they're trying to do, which is like oh, he's now, it's his riding off to the sunset scene, right? Yeah. But I would have preferred if he walks out into the snow and we just see snow, and then you know, like, and then he just, and then we see white as he, he's like a dot. Right? Yeah, yeah. But then he just keeps going into these woods, and you're like okay, where's he going? Like, you know, like you're wondering now, like why, where is he taking these? Is he coming back to the wall? I mean, he did promise other people that he will see them. Yeah, (laughs) it's weird because it's like, some people genuinely think, oh, the Night's Watch exile thing was just a cover and that he's actually the king beyond the wall now. And I'm like, I didn't get that. Like he's in, like, I didn't, why would he be king beyond the wall? Um... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Who who knows at this point? Because 
Well, for for one, I think you, obviously the reason, the true reason for the Night's Watch to exist isn't there anymore. So you could argue that there's no need for the Night's Watch, but they didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they, But they do say that the Night's Watch, there needs to be a place like that for like basically the outcasts of society. Like It's basically exile. I like, see, yeah, yeah, I see, I see. And yeah, there is yeah. still probably... There's always going to be like skirmishes and criminals and all that. Like you know, they're basically just border, border, cops, border patrol, border patrol. <laughs> you know, not as dire as it used to be, but still, there. I guess it still has its purpose. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I was kind of mixed on it because I, I suppose, you know, he's 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 with Tormund. He's with Ghost again. But oh, f- we finally get that pet. Yeah. That we desperately <laughs> crave. That was um. This is like a real kind of microcosm of how problematic season eight is because he had no reason not to pet ghost yeah so when he sees him and pets him again it it does get your heart but it's very manipulative it is they it's almost like they purposefully withheld that so that they can pay it off which is an indicative of what everything they've done this season yeah you know which is like nonsensical character moments only for an even more nonsensical payoff, yeah. just for the sake of it. And I, I, I would have like, a, like they have Torm in there. Like, why not have him have a few lines with John before? You know, he had no dialogue. It yeah, was, it was just there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Why, why don't we get to know what John is doing? Yeah, you know, because we know what Sansa and Arya yeah. are doing. Yeah, we don't know exactly, but we get a good idea. Yeah, we know where they're headed. John, is, is why a, is it yeah. like because you have? You didn't give us anything uh, with John this whole season. You at least owe us that. Yeah. You know, it's not like he has so much to do, and then it's like okay, he gets his own private um, mission that he can decide on his own. Yeah. If that was the case, that would be cool. But he didn't do anything, so I want to know at least what he's planning to do with his life that he was given a second chance for for what reason who knows and the way like kit harrington played it i don't even know if he was like happy or sad i wanted to punch him in the face it was just the same expression it's the same expression he's had all season it annoyed the hell out of smile or something i don't know i would have appreciated that he wants to die (laughs) that's why um uh, so okay. yeah, that's the Game of Game Thrones Game of Thrones. So we'll do that's the, how that ended. Let's do the split again, where it's like ep- television episode and Game of Thrones episode rating. So as a television episode for me, uh, yeah, it's basically uh, a B minus. I'd give it a B minus. Okay. As a Game of Thrones episode, it's like a, a C minus. I, D, I, C I think probably. as a as a hmm, this is interesting. So yeah. as an episode of television, I think I'm gonna give it a C. As a C. Yeah. But as a Game of Thrones episode, I'm going to give it a B minus. Just because... That's pretty good. uh, Just because I have accepted the the trash that is the season, the writing this season. So I'm more forgiving of the bullshit and I'm like saving up, like I can enjoy the kernel of good moments that we get, like the Brienne scene, like the Sansa scene, like the Stark moments. Yeah. So, you know, like that was that was a good ending. Like that montage is fine. That yeah. I'm like, okay, at least it's a nice cap off to these characters. Um 
and but you know not to the other ones but and i want to say with that montage i really liked how the score was a mix of like the Winterfell theme and the main theme of the show. Yes. It was like almost yes. this little dance of those Once two again, themes. you know, the, Very, the composer. Yeah. Just doing doing the lifting. Yeah. When Kit Harrington refuses to do any lifting, you know, in that scene. <laughs> to be fair, Kit Harrington is probably super frustrated by the show at that point. Well, you know what? Amelia <laughs> Clark had the worst hand and she was like magnificent. Yeah. So I don't she know. did her she like did She's her best. Great. But look John just doesn't even have any material to that's, go that's off. Really, At least Daenerys she, she is going that going mad thing. Yeah, yeah. He had very little to do. <laughs> okay, so let's go with our... Every every episode where we talk about Game of Thrones, we crown uh, two awards. The the Hodor Award mm-hmm. for the final time, being, mm-hmm. you know, the, the best character of the season, mm-hmm. uh, of the episode, mm-hmm. and then the... Um, and then the Ollie Award for the worst character of the episode. Yeah. So we'll just combine two, I guess. And and okay, yeah, I'll go. So for the bells and the finale, it's the same. Daenerys gets the Hodor Award for the best. I mean, no, the worst. She gets the Ollie Award. Oh, uh, okay, for, yeah, okay. For both of those. Um, best for the bells, it was probably Arya. I give it to Arya. Yeah. Um, for the finale, Brienne. Gets the Hodor okay, Award. Okay, okay. That book scene really moved me. And okay. Yeah, I really liked that. She um, didn't get anything to do, like, really, but that scene was, like, very satisfying. Yeah. And the worst... Oh, oh yeah, I've already said Daenerys <laughs> in the finale. Okay, so in The Bells, mm-hmm. the Hodor Award goes to Arya for me as well. Yeah. Um, just because you... That Arya being on the ground and the fire, like, kind of, you know destroying everything around her was the uh, uh, the only moments where i felt like so engaged yeah in the show like i was so worried yeah um and and they also gave um aria a good heroic it's kind of a mixture of heroism and survival and yeah, desperation very true i love that beautifully executed and, and they gave her that you know i can track that emotion you know yeah for sure (laughs) something i can hold on to yeah um but the and the holdor and i my ollie award for the two episodes is the same person Tyrion lannister oh Tyrion gets the worst worst character (laughs) of these two these last two episodes i'm like almost sick of his bullshit you know, when he, like, says shit, it's like, why is anyone listening to him at this point? Mm. He made this happen, really. Mm. I see what you're saying. I didn't find it as egregious. It, he was, it was galling. But... It was galling to me. I'm like, why are we pretending? Why are these characters still pretending that Tyrion is smart when he, he hasn't been smart for a long time now? They do a mix where sometimes they acknowledge how terrible his mistakes have been and then yeah. sometimes think he's really smart. It's yeah, kind of confusing yeah. itself how the show views him. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh, the Game of Thrones, the Song of Ice and Fire, the finale. Yeah. In terms of finales, um, it's not. It's by far and away not the worst one I've ever seen. It's not the worst one, yeah. Like, to me, that's true. when I say worst finales, I think of like Seinfeld, the finale, which was horrible. Or um, I don't know. That that's the one. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's my least a favorite. Comedy, yeah. But in terms of best finales, where for me you've got Angel and Breaking Bad. Yeah. In terms of like just perfect finishes. Yeah. It's nowhere close to those. 
I'd put this like around the middle, like, and it's not the How I Met Your Mother finale either. That was <laughs> fucked up. This is this is around a, a, the middle or so for me in terms wow. of finales. I thought this was a, a very clumsily done finale, except for a few key scenes. But um, it's let's let's just say that it's not the finale's fault that this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the result of all the choices. It, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's the best <laughs> of what they could do with these weird storytelling kind of directions that exactly, they've gone in. Exactly. So, you know, that's um, why I'd put it in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay. Uh shall we quickly talk about the show, I guess. Just like our favorite moments. I think I guess we uh, both of us and a lot of fans out there agree that this season has not been great, you know. It not great. it really didn't um didn't deliver where it counts yeah and it really delivered where it doesn't count but they you know which is the spectacle which is great yeah. the spectacle has been amazing you know um the long night was a, a great piece of television a great tv event mm-hmm. and um yeah just all the set pieces were executed really well but that's not what we really want as fans of Game of Thrones. We want character. We want character re- revelations. We want character growth and development in an organic way. We don't want plot points. We don't want characters getting sidelines or arcs getting um, disregarded for the set piece. Which not, is not just a set piece, but like the shock value. Yeah, I feel like that was there was too much priority on that this year as yeah. well. In in many ways, I think Daenerys's descent into madness really is a parallel reflection of the show's descent into um, bad writing. It started very modestly, you yeah. know, like it started very modestly, and it slowly became something great. Yeah. And um, but then the more that they, the more they want, the more it corrupts them until that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And, nice parallel. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's you know, that's exactly what happened to da- to Daenerys, right? She she when she got the dragons, you know, mm-hmm. everything went up for her until she couldn't even see the trees from the forest anymore. And that drove her to that mad queen route. Gave her right? dragon sickness. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the moment dragons became so significant on the show is when they have gigantic budget in increases. Yeah. And that's why they fully focused on the spectacle and and lose sight of what was magical about the show to begin with. But what was great about the show gave us a lot as a piece of pop culture. And as like, I've made a lot of, um, I've strengthened a lot of relationships because of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's the last genuine kind of water cooler, if that term is even still in parlance, television. You know, like everyone talks about it. And if you're kind of weird, if you're not into it kind of thing. Yeah. Even though it's really kind of the nerdiest kind of shit. Yeah. But the way they've done it, they've made it so cool. And I just want to say, like, I think in celebration of this, let's just talk about like one of our favorite scenes from the whole show. Yeah. And for me, I'll start with, it's one of my favorite scenes still because it's what actually got me hooked onto the show. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's nothing in really the first episode. Like, the first episode to me was like, well, it's kind of, it's a lot to take in, a lot of information. I don't know where it's going to go. But at the end of the second episode, there's, like, a fight between the Stark kids and Joffrey. And they're brought before King Robert and Ned and Cersei. Yeah. And there's this skirmish. And I'm like, 
wow, this show has like a genuine, like nuanced interest in how like human beings behave. Yeah, yeah. And that just like got, I had to like keep watching from there. Yeah. Like I was, it wasn't shocking, but it was just like, this is like relatable. Like yeah. I have, I understand this and it's in this really rich setting you know, I want more of these kinds of moments. And that's when I, I became a fan of like, not just the show, but it's what got me into the books. Yeah. And it's kind of like an underrated scene, but that's where it kind of started for me. I didn't see. She's as wild as an animal of hers. I want her punished. What would you have me do? Whip her through the streets? Damn it, children fight. It's over. Joffrey will bear these scars for the rest of his life. You let that little girl disarm you. Ned, see to it that your daughter's disciplined. I'll do the same with my son. Gladly, Your Grace. And what of the direwolf? What of the beast that savaged your son? I forgot the damned wolf. We found no trace of the direwolf, Your Grace. No. So be it. We have another wolf. As you will. Can't mean it. Die wolf's no pet. Get her a dog, she'll be happier for it. He doesn't mean lady, does he? No, no, not lady. Lady didn't bite anyone. She's good! Lady wasn't there! You leave her alone! Stop them, don't let them do it. Please, please, it wasn't lady! Is this your command? Your Grace. Where is the beast? Chained up, outside Your Grace. Sir Ellen, do me the honor. No, if it must be done, I will do it myself. Is this some trick? The wolf is of the North. She deserves better than a butcher. Well, just to expand, on, yeah. in that scene itself, uh, what the show managed to do is, you know how in film, a, a great movie, a good movie will foreshadow the events of yes. the, the rest of the film or yeah. the point that the film's trying to make yeah. in a micro scene at yeah. the beginning of the film. Yeah. And, you know, like a, a prime example would be something like A Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. where they, you know, show her climbing obstacles and things like that. And that foreshadowed like the journey that she's about to go through. Yeah. And I think the show perfectly kind of captures or foreshadows that whole season with the whole season yeah. with a micro seemingly um not flashy. Yeah. Not um but a seemingly not small big yeah, very low stakes scene. Yeah. But yeah, it's so riveting. Yeah. The stakes here is a dog whether or not a dog dies, which yeah. look high for some people, but yeah. for the, in the larger scale, when you think about now, where it's like millions of people get burnt alive, yeah, it's n- n- chips, yeah. right? But wh- in that scene alone, I-, I would argue that that scene is better than the bells. The it, whole episode, yeah, it's of far the more bells. emotionally affecting, yeah, because it also tells a lot about character, like Robert's neglectfulness and yes. not caring, Joffrey's uh, viciousness, Cersei's viciousness, yes. and like Sansa's propensity to side with Joffrey, yeah. which will ultimately be kind of Ned's contribute a little bit to Ned's undoing. Yeah, you know, like and the helplessness kind of, of really the Starks yeah. in that situation because yeah. they're not really the people in power. Yeah. Um, and the Starks are always going to get like the short end of the stick for the majority of the show. Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. And so much nuance. I, mean, yeah. I, I miss those moments where um, characters don't 
actively say what they actually what the actual underlying message is yeah yeah great scene uh great scene and i'll okay i'll talk about my favorite scene the scene that got me into the show that i i was i didn't you know i caught on to game of thrones uh when i think season two was started airing but yeah what happened was i was in china and they had hbo in china and mm. in this hotel i was i was kind of bored turned on the tv it's in the middle of the, an episode it was the scene where Cersei says power is power. I think Arya has escaped at this point, and little this is post Ned's um, beheading. Mm, start of season two, right? Start of yeah. season two, and yeah. Cersei asks Littlefinger to find Arya, and, yeah. or else. Yeah, and he f- tries to flex and goes, you know, hints at, you know, I know about the incest. When boys and girls live in the same home, awkward situations can arise. Sometimes I've heard. Even brothers and sisters develop certain affections. And when those affections become common knowledge, well, that is an awkward situation. Indeed, especially in a prominent family. Prominent families often forget a simple truth. I found. And which truth is that? Knowledge is power. Cliché trope a tv trope where there you know especially in a storyline where there are secrets lies and 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 power moves and things like that Mm -hmm. very typical for someone to say knowledge knowledge is power yeah but the moment it turned magical for me the moment that hooked me was when cersei you know goes seize him cut his throat stop Wait. I've changed my mind. Let him go. Step back three paces. Turn around. Close your eyes. Power is power. Do see if you can take some time away from your coins and your whores to locate the star girl for me. I would very much appreciate it. Which is like another scene that's kind of a microcosm of the show, right? Yeah. Like sometimes the more powerful person will just have all the advantages and you'll yes. be fucked no matter what kind of other little cards you have. Um, and it's what's interesting about that scene is it also signals... like it, There's so many layers to it because in many ways Cersei is right, mm. but also in many ways Littlefinger is right. Yeah. Power is power. Like, she doesn't kill him right away. Yeah. Because of the things that he knows. Yeah, exactly. And she, like, that knowledge of um, the incest is has been used by other people against her. Mm-hmm. So, knowledge is power as yeah. well. So, yeah. it's just very interesting. Like, that was a scene that I was like, whoa, what is this show? I like how both of our scenes we like are like not their typical like big <laughs> big moments, but like the kind of it's very unusual scenes. My like character very character centric, yeah. focused. Yeah, you know, it's just interactions between two characters. Um, obviously, there are iconic moments, you know, mm. uh, in in the scene. I guess um, uh, now is a good time to segue into. Um, so we asked people in the Spoiler Nation Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, about you know what's your favorite scene? Hopefully you guys are listening now. Yeah, but, you know, take a look. Hey. Um, so let's give uh, give them a shout out and, and read from the that comment section. So okay, so Emily, yeah, 
says, in terms of deaths, I remember Shireen's as one of the most emotive. Uh, Yeah, I Um, I agree with that. Um, I'll say in terms of that, it's because Shireen was like one of the very few pure kind characters. uh uh And the actress's scream is like still kind of burned into my brain. Like she has different layers of screaming. Like she's screaming for her parents, but when the fire is chewing on her, she's screaming like, it's like pure agony. Yeah. And it's, it makes you a little bit ill. Like uh, that one it was, is, yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't stomach it. Yeah. Um, I could never, I can't, even when I watched that episode now, like I don't watch that scene. Like <laughs> I had to, I, I'll have to skip it. I could, I, I could it. rewatch the red wedding five times in a row instead of that scene. Yeah. Like, and it's, yeah, that is a very powerful one. And with Shireen, uh, what was, what made it more, uh, tragic is Sh- Shireen inadvertently gives Stannis the strength to, that's Kill true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, is, that adds another layer to it. I mean, it. Uh, and also the I just to top it all off, the aftermath of the, of that sequence is what made what elevated um, Melisandre as a character for me, because of her kind of completely losing faith in her abilities or or you know what or her belief. Or how accurate she was. Yeah, in she terms can't of interpreting, read the signs. Yeah, yes. Lord of the the Lord of the Lights uh, signals, and and her character after that became infinitely more interesting. Yeah, um, to me. But okay, so Bella yep. says, Jamie pushing Bran off the tower at the end of the first episode is so iconic. Some rich incestuous <laughs> asshole casually trying to murder a child is not something you often see on TV. I mean, speaking of iconic, right? This, yeah. it, it is. This is the most. This is the scene that people like cite. Yeah, and it's uh, got one of his uh, probably like a character defining line, like the things I do for love. Yes. Before uh, doing that, I would have loved to see the line come back. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe even if they have that, you know, however stupid that scene was when uh, he rides off t- um, and leaves Brienne. Yeah. If he said. The things I do for love, and he like, and he back. says it in a sad way, yeah, like because he knows he can't be exactly, rid of her. Exactly, yeah, I, I would like that. Too, that would have been great. Um, but the thing, the thing that also makes this iconic that I agree with is that you would never guess from there he becomes. You find out he he really is kind of a hero in some ways. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's what really makes it. Yeah. like he's not like at that point he is just some asshole. Yeah, but when you rewatch it, it's like. Oh no, he like really cares, but the way he expresses his care is like the most destructive or self-destructive manner. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah great scene. Um, great scene. Um, so Keaton, uh, who has been on the podcast before, uh, yeah. check out our it. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, episode. Uh, Cersei getting her revenge on the Sparrow sister by leaving her alone <laughs> with undead the mountain. Yeah. Um, this is so funny that he. This is such a Keaton scene <laughs> to like because I mean I didn't like that scene. <laughs> I thought she I thought he, he was going Cersei blowing up the set. But, but no, it's it's because it, <laughs> there is something cathartic about the scene though. Because that nun fucking tortured her. Oh yeah, yeah. For like was, a long time. Yeah. And so to leave her in this horrible fate while like waterboarding her with the wine. Yeah. And it was actually that's like a kind of neat expression of how much she hates the scepter because she would just 
waste the wine on her face yeah. just to make it that much more unpleasant. And, you know, she's now a colleague. She loves that wine. But she she, she hates it so fucking much that she would just do that to her. Um, so, yeah. I, I love that. Um, uh, so that that's also a, a good in- indication of the show. Putting us on Cersei's side, even though, you know, they are both... Both the Cersei and the Sparrow sister is... Uh, um, bad people, sadistic people, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. <laughs> but that we feel weirdly, perversely satisfied to see Cersei get her revenge in that moment, and it makes you uncomfortable yeah. a little bit because, like, it's it's disgusting. Yeah, like, and I like that. I like that her. they toy with our expectations in that sense. Yeah, because we feel weirdly, um, you know, like, oh yes, go, girl. yeah, you go, girl. Yeah, but then and then we go, wait, wait. What am I cheering for? Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly yeah. Um, and of course, so he adds Marjorie realizing too late that Cersei has won and she was about to be exploded. Do you know why that's actually like a great uh, point he has there? Yeah. It's the first time you see Marjorie like panic, panic like yeah. and lose it. And the first time you're watching that, you realize something dreadful is about to happen. Is that the, the last... Um, is that the last surprising but well executed death that the show has? Because I don't think like her death was so. This is what makes that um, final episode so brilliant, which is um, Marjorie's death was just so unexpected. Yeah, and so because she was a beloved character. Yeah, and because she was good at playing the game of thrones exactly yeah. and her she was right until the end and her horror when she realizes something is wrong and it's going to be too late um it's almost like the red wedding yeah right? it, uh, it also uh, kind of backs up cersei's power is power thesis. yes it's like marjorie is like much smarter at playing the politics yeah and she's the knowledge is yeah. power but side. cersei you know, she will use wildfire. Lit- literal power. <laughs> she will lose literal Lit- power. Literal scientific power. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want... Because I don't, I don't think that there's any other death after that that was as shocking and as impactful. I think I liked the Sand Snake's death with Cersei's revenge on them. That's true, that but, was I, a good... but that wasn't shocking, was it? It was. Like, yeah, it's no, kind of like they of had shock, it coming. No. But uh, yeah, I like I liked that death more. But it, I guess it wasn't as shocking. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, and and look, Sand Six, no one's favorite. No, that's <laughs> that's for sure. Um, Tisha mm-hmm. says, when Danny got her eight thousand on Sully, such an incredible and inspiring moment or episode, my most mem- memorable for sure. Yeah, that was really talked about. I remember after that episode aired, like yeah, that kind of put Game of Thrones on like the next level I yeah, feel like it's yeah. like well did you see that like what she did because yeah. it was the first time she'd used her dragons yes. in that kind of way yeah. and uh, her it's the first time you see the actress have such command of that Valyrian language yes. yeah and yeah. it was kind of like a foreshadow of things to come like yeah. not at the bells but like for the <laughs> yeah, meat of the isn't show isn't that a, a foreshadow her become batshit crazy yeah. right oh, totally. because she they, saved yeah. um she saved like slaves yeah so thousands means, of slaves yeah. by killing the people who enslaved other people yeah and um <laughs> another like because Amelia Clark at that point like wasn't one of the stronger actors on the yeah. show for me, but but the way she delivered that foreign language was, was effective. Like, oh my god, that was great. Yeah, yeah, it was a really a great culmination of her arc at that point. That there was such a momentum. Yeah, in that scene, you know, is that also the Misa scene? No, that's uh, much later. Oh, that's much yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, okay. but um, that was a good scene too. Okay. Um, 
uh, slightly problematic that scene. It still <laughs> <For> has <sure. laughs> the big white savior, <laughs> literally like the brown being people call, being called mother. <laughs> as it, it, yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, uh, also Tisha also cites, of course, let's not for- never forget the red wedding. Yeah, uh, that's she- in the same season as the Daenerys getting the unsullied. unsullied too. I see. So it's that's a great season. Great season. Yeah. Which season is that? Season three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she said, "I remember feeling such genuine shock and emotion in that moment." Um, yeah. So well executed. Same? I mean, the th- thing is, I knew it was going to happen, and then after I watched it, I still felt like shit for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, yes. Catelyn's cry of like anguish is like Ugh. one of those. I, it's still. I the her Chilling neck moments. getting slit still like pops up in my mind randomly some days and it just irks me like it disturbs me. Do you know one what? of the most disturbing yeah. scenes because she gets killed by some random yeah. fuckhead and then she just slumps and dies. Yeah, and you know you, that's it. You could even tell like she's already dead. Yeah, that's she's actually what dead. makes it painful. The, the as well. slice of the neck is just it's, like it looks like a relief. Like yeah, oh, I can get out now. Yeah, like that's yeah, it's great. Scene. Um. Wow, yeah, Red Wedding. Best, I guess, you know, the the culmination of, like, what makes Game of Thrones so great. Mm-hmm. Um, Ned Stark's death as well. So this is from Jake and Tisha. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, show, a show killing who seemed to be their main character so easily and um, and uh, told me that Game of Thrones was going to be like nothing I've ever seen before. Not just the main character, but like the most likable and heroic good character, character. The good guy. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't just get executed, but like there was a crowd of people screaming for him to die. Yeah, yeah. And even though he had done all like the, the morally correct things yeah. for his daughter... And he died not even knowing that they were going to be okay. Yeah, it that uh, is it's really tragic. It's death, tragic, and sure. what makes it even more tragic the little things that they do in the scene. Sansa passing out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's such a human reaction. Like it's almost not rational, but it makes so much sense. It's like the agony is too much for her to take, and she just passes out. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Arya watching from from afar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Luke says, "Sam, this is a fun one." <laughs> Samuel Tarly cleaning toilets because it was cathartic to see someone who had wasted so much <laughs> screen time have to waste so much of his own. Uh, also, him name dropping the book is notable. I uh, like the cleaning toilet scene for a different reason. Only I, I like I was, the editing. The editing was so yeah. fun, and he's like. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I guess Luke was is not a, a Sam Altarly fan. Yeah, some people hate. Sam. I like Sam. I like Sam yeah. too. I mean, not really recently, like not in this season. But look, who likes any of the characters yeah, this exactly. season, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Ellen says, "Hold, hold the, the door. door." Yes. Um, she she said it's not my favorite, but it still haunts me. Such a great concept that i bet it's going to be in the books yes that's a book idea this is uh i am convinced that this is a george rr R. martin idea where he set them down and says this is exactly how this is going to happen because yeah. it was so well executed and it's had such um it displayed such a good handle on the mythology and the supernatural mo- uh, uh uh, parts of the show that it cannot come from these two right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it can't that's why i think it's the book idea and and that episode was also um notably they directed by um i forgot his name but 
directed by the this guy who directed a lot of Lost. Yeah, Most, I was think Jack Bender. Yeah, Jack, yeah, but Jack, Jack Bender. Bender who, it reminded me of Lost. Yeah, that twist, like so the constant or something like it, that. He, you know, Jack Bender famously directed one of the best episodes of Lost called The Constant. Yeah, which featured a very similar time travel element. Yeah. Um, guys, watch that episode. One if, of the best know. television episodes, yeah. as far as I'm so concerned. So it's what the moment I saw his name pop up on on screen, I was like, oh shit, what? Yeah. He they, because they only brought him for that one episode. That's what I mean. He only directed that one. Yeah, yeah. So and perfectly executed the logic of the time slicing and the time glitch and how it affects the characters makes sense not only just logically but emotionally. Yeah, that's, and that's the, that's more important. I think it needs to make sense at a at an emotional level. And it was a great kind of. Uh, Night King thing as well with him just showing up and marking Bran. Uh, that was Night King at the height. It was very cool. Night of King. his powers. Yeah, that was awesome. Amazing. Um, <laughs> uh, Christy um says Battle of the Bastards. Oh in, yeah, like different um, <laughs> capitalized. Is it almost meme like? I way? think so. Well, <laughs> it's because it's kind of self evident, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the best battle scene on television. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, I think. It's the height of late season Game of Thrones, what it's best at, which is pure spectacle. Because uh, the episode, I think people forget that it, it picks up with Daenerys killing the ships with her dragon, and it's the first time she's riding her dragons and yeah. using the flames and yeah. stuff like that. So that's it's chock full of, you know, the visual action. Yeah. But the story did support it. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, it was still great. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It wasn't the spectacle wasn't like a distraction. Like no. it, it was like part of the story. No, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was a good one. Um and Chris says, um Arya meeting Ty- Tywin Lannister for the first time. Yeah, uh very good I, example. That is one of my favorite scenes of the show. And to uh Benioff and uh Vice's credit, it's original. A, a scene created yeah, original, a scene mm-hmm. created that that they created for the show that wasn't in the books. Which is shocking to me because, um, wow, so many layers in that conversation. So you you know, like they, if if they pay attention to what's important, they can do good work. Yeah, it's great, and the actors have such great chemistry with each other too. Um, I was gonna say it's the first and only scene I think where like Tywin is like chuckles, like he yes. genuinely smiles a bit. Yeah, yeah. You could tell because, and it's so weird because that's the only time where. Tywin almost has an equal in conversation. Yeah, that's true. Right, and uh, and I also love how it foreshadows everything that's about to come because um, it's that kind of peak Game of Thrones where uh, people um, say one thing when they really when there's an underlying current of what they really mean. Anyone know? can be killed as yeah. she looks dead in his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and that was uh, on top of a line where. Um, uh, you know, Tywin Lannister asks Arya about, "Have you heard about Rob, the Wolf King, the young wolf, the young wolf?" Yeah, and she says, "You know, some say that um, some supernatural shit. Yeah, yeah, that he, he can't be killed. Yeah, and and Tywin, and that's when Tywin asks her, "Do you think that he can't be killed?" And he's asking that because they're literally planning the red wedding in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, With that, that's what makes it so bizarre. Rewatching it, it's like that's when they're planning it. That's why he feels so like, 
yeah, I'm gonna win. Like he has that smug, like big dick energy. Yeah, 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 him. for sure. But um, and she's saying anyone can be killed because she knows that because her fucking father got killed. Like you know, the big figure of her life. But also, you know, she's planning to kill him with the faceless man who's yeah. there. So it's got those two meanings as That's well. That's right. She says that. Um, Great Chris, dialogue. Chris also said, "Roast me if you really want, but I think Daenerys's death is a brilliant scene." Uh, well, I would disagree. I that. disagree. I, I, I don't think it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, Not good. Not I, good. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that one I don't know. Uh, you know, watch our past episodes with Chris, uh, which we who we famously contend with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, check out our worst movies of 2018. I think that was. But he ends it with episode. um that final Stark montage had me weeping, and I'll agree with that. That was a yeah. really very good scene. We were yeah. talking about that, right? Yeah, it's very touching. Yeah. Um, James uh, says, "Mountain and the Viper is definitely is definitely up there for me." I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the choreography was fucking cool as hell. Yeah. I mean, just on that kind of level as well. Yeah, and uh, like like I said before, you know, it's an example of the show subverting our expectations, really, because um, you know, vengeance doesn't go the way that we think it would go. Mm-hmm. Um, you would expect him to go one way, but once again, you know, he dies tragically. And um, I like that they kept a detail from the book when his armored fist smashes his teeth out. They have that in just before he squishes his head. I mean, oh, okay, yeah. So before, yeah, I mean, people yeah, remember right. the exploding head for obvious reasons, but the thing that just made me feel sick was when his teeth went clattering. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, this guy's one of the most suave, handsome, <laughs> you know, yeah. Lotharios, yeah. and he loses all his teeth yeah. like while dying. Yeah. So that's kind of effective. Uh, and you, you linked... A scene. I, I linked to the scene when um Jamie knights Brienne, and I wanted to do a very late season scene because obviously as disappointing as this last season is, there are still like moments that you know really kind of got to me. Okay. Yeah. So Jamie knighting Brienne. Jamie knighting good. Brienne was I think the that was the second episode. Yeah, and it I was. think that's that the was best episode of the season. By I far, agree. By I far. agree. Yeah. Because they actually focus on the character. It was all about character. Yeah. And yeah. I think the the writer of that episode is a key writer on a lot of um other Yeah, Brian or, Cogman. Yeah, and and he he said he wanted it to be kind of a love letter to these characters. Yeah. And I think it really came through, yeah. especially when it comes to Brienne, which to their credit is also kind of like her arc now is a, a show concoction, you know? Yeah. So. And um, it's also not for nothing. It's like the the only episode where Tyrion really feels like Tyrion yeah. of like old. Yeah. So, like yeah. In, in some ways, I want to think of that as um jamie's the culmination of jamie's arc as I mean, well it's so perfect yeah that, yeah if only like i can i think if i imagine that they all died in uh the long, <laughs> the, night. The long night i think the show might be better in my book <laughs> no i agree with that um yeah yeah, so that's uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Hey, thanks for sharing uh, your thoughts with us as well. That was really fun to read. Yeah. Uh, next time we uh, do something, we might put another question or something like something similar. We'll, yeah. We'll answer or that talk be, about them. Yeah, that yeah. would be good because that was cool. Yeah, that was fun. Um, well, well, the end of an era. What is our our next Game of Thrones thing? Do you do you have any predictions? Um, obviously the, the prequel. 
is coming. Yeah, that's not starring Naomi yeah. Watts. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. But um, in terms of like the next Game of Thrones, there's no way the to only really way, tell. The only really. Game of Thronesy thing we have right now, I think, is something like Stranger Things. Yeah, but that has the kind of cultural cachet. Yeah, that 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 occupies the same too. thing as Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, but you know, nothing that is like episode by episode event television. I don't think we will. There can't be another Game of Thrones because the next thing will be its own thing. Like, for instance, when Game of Thrones was pitched in its first season, they pitched it to HBO as, like, it's The Sopranos, but, like, in Lord of the Rings world. Like, that was the actual original pitch. Um, I think it was that That's what for was. a lot of the time. Yeah, so I think um, the next thing that happens is going to maybe have some similarities to Game of Thrones. Like, oh, that reminds me of Game of Thrones, but it'll kind of become its own unique oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, yeah. another show, it doesn't have to be set in the you know like fantasy land i'm just saying what's the next cultural juggernaut that's yeah. gonna come yeah well that's what I, that's um, what i mean too like yeah. the cultural juggernaut will hey maybe have echoes of something big but then it'll be something completely like unique like this was yeah something unique like the um upcoming lord of the rings <laughs> See that's <laughs> that's a case of like we're the next game of thrones. Like, yeah. That's a little too. Hey, look, we're fantasy. <laughs> that's we're like, fantasy. That's like pizza with pizza toppings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know what? I'll see it. I'll watch it. I guess. I I'll mean, watch too two bad. episodes. So the trailer for Westworld season three came out uh, at the end of um, this final episode of Game of Thrones, and yeah. that was like HBO's like, "Come on, guys, this is the next Game of Thrones." Well, that didn't really work it, well, I guess, as well. Watch we'll see how Watchmen does. It looks really cool. Um, directed by Lost, um, created by Lost um, creator Damon, Damon Lindelof. Lindelof. We'll see. I guess we'll do like an episode on when that comes out, right? Yeah, that's coming out this year, definitely, and maybe Big Little Lies as well. Yeah, I would love to go back to that. I have to rewatch the first season. Before mm. season two, because uh, I want to be up to date completely again <laughs> before diving into that. Until next time. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs>